Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a complicated man, and a birthday boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the president of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club, and a man who might be in the All-Star game if these injuries keep up. Will Every Human, Will, how you doing? Oh, very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much. 39 years young. I am old. 39's all right. That's not, that's not too old. Yeah, I don't feel 39 in any way. I, I, the thought of being 40 next year just seems baffling, like not possible. I don't quite know how I got to this point. Yeah, but like even what's 40 anymore? Like 40 is nothing. You know what I mean? It's, it's just... true. I, you know what? I read, an, I read an article a few years ago that people in their 30s are essentially living old people's 20s again. In that when you were 20 back in the day, you got a house, had a kid, settled down with your job for life and that was it. Yeah. And now people in their 20s are saying, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'd rather kind of travel a bit or do something else. And now they're doing that in their 30s instead. Yeah, now it's, it just feels a bit like from 23 to 40 to 50, basically, you just, it's all the same, isn't it? Where like you get such variations of how people are doing life. You could have, you could have your first kid at 23, you could have your first kid at 42. Like it's... I, a guy I used to work with, and he had his first kid when he was 19. He had his second kid at 41. <laughs> Mate, that's, that's weird. Isn't that insane? That's weird. Isn't that insane? <laughs> well, fair enough, but that's uh-huh. weird. Quick question this week. Go on. A tweet was sent out after Oliver Bjorkstrand scored in the last 30 seconds uh, when Columbus were playing. Oh, God. I want to say the Devils. I could be wrong on that. But anyway. And then Nola Chari scored for Florida a few nights after. And the, uh, another tweet was sent out saying that there have only been three go-ahead goals in the final 30 seconds of regulation this season in all games. And it begs the question, is this the problem with the loser point? And friend of the show, Michael McCurdy, mentioned it on Twitter. This is why the loser point is stupid. Because only three go-ahead goals in the final 30 seconds all season just doesn't seem very much. No, it does seem suspiciously low, especially in like a year where scoring has absolutely skyrocketed. Yeah. And I don't know if you know, Dan, but I'm actually on pace for a 20-goal season this year. It's, You're um, kidding. Yeah, I know. Crazy. I never, never would have thought of it. I mean, all, all jokes aside... Players like fucking Matt Calvert are going to get like 45 points this year. And that's... I saw your Zach Cassian tweet about his contract. Never gonna, this isn't going to be a problem hey, in a few years. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> so many, so many third-liners <laughs> are going to get overpaid this year. It's going to be fucking beautiful. And we're going to rock it <laughs> straight back down to under five goals a game next year. And oh my God, I'm here for every step of the way. Yeah, I reckon it's got to be. It's got to be. Because if, if someone's trying to tell me that in a in a tie game with two minutes left, every single all thirty one NHL coaches, if anyone tries to say that any NHL coach isn't saying to their players, let's just not lose the game, let's bank the point and then try and win it in OT, you're fucking lying to me. Like, I agree. That's what I'd say. Like because they're trying to keep their job every single game, especially this bloody season. And a point's better than no yeah. points, isn't it? Down by my maths. Exactly. Do you not think just to play devil's advocate slightly? Do you not think teams would still tighten up with a couple of minutes to go? It's more, not that you're not trying to lose it for the loser point, you're just not trying to lose it. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's more don't make a mistake than let's try something and try and win the game. Yeah, yeah, but then that's, that's defensive-minded hockey that leads us to things like that anyway, isn't it? It's never like, yeah, even the most stalwart defensive teams, like, I don't know, like the, de- the Trap Devils or whatever, they're not trying to not score goals, they're just trying to not make mistakes and not, concede any goals and sort of wait for their opportunity aren't they we need to find a yeah, way to true. force teams to go ahead and try and score goals 
You see, I know another three two another three two one zero method is out there, but I'd I'd still prefer forty three one zero. There's no zero. two points because I still I still think then it's just you just get a reward. It's a reward for three points if you win. Simple as that. It doesn't matter if it's OT shoot out whatever because then the reward is much greater to win you have to go for it because then one point is it's not 50 percent. you're not getting 50 percent worth of the points it's only 33 percent worth of the points so it's 310 that's it so 310 with draws or without draws without draws so there's there's, a, there's an ot loss point for you get one point if you lose an ot because you've taken it to ot like oh but nah, then nah, there's going to be less to... teams going for it but then you've still got the problem of some games are worth more than others. No, no. If there's no, it's three points for a win. Teams are going to be still more. I believe teams will still be more inclined to go for it to get three points. Yeah, but then it doesn't fix the problem with the standings where you've got, you know, some some games are giving out more points than others. I think we need pure footy standards. Keep free on free OT, bumping up to seven minutes or whatever. And if it's if it's still tied off to OT, unlucky boys, it's a draw. I think I think the whole I think the whole North American sports landscape would burn to the ground if draws were actually a thing. No, I'll, they, they I'll, just can't. Let me send a message. Can't out handle it, can they? To any North American fans, any fans all, all around the world. Let's not let's not be prejudiced against our our friends across the Atlantic. If you can't handle a draw in sports, like get over it. Draws a draw. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a well thought out argument. There, there if you can't handle time. draws in sports. Get over it. <laughs> what, what would you rather? Would you rather draw a game or lose games? That's exactly what I thought. So yeah. shut it. Yeah, stuff it. Draws are good. Nil-nil draws especially. Oh, a little ball draw. Cheeky ball draw. Oh, no, oh, no, fantastic. No draw. <laughs> <laughs> or, or God, you can you imagine hockey game finishing nil-nil? <laughs> like, or you can even have the wonder of a draw that you should have won. Such as uh, Arsenal-Chelsea the other night, where uh, one of the goals... Yeah, you see, that's exactly... So maybe. that's when that's when the American, our American and Canadian friends don't appreciate the draw. Is it's when a game you've been absolutely stonked and you just sneak a fluky goal at the end and you take a point. Right. Like yes, I'll take a point out of that. I resent the implication that two shots on goal in ninety minutes uh, implies a stonking. Dan, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you can resent the implication all you want, Will, but it's it is there. That's mate. To to one hundred percent accuracy rate, mate. Yeah, true. Two, two shots, two goals. We had we had as many shots as we needed. <laughs> oh yeah, Arsenal the the analytics darlings don't take any more shots than they need. Exactly. <laughs> no wasted effort. We're not, we're not trying to pad the coursey, mate. We're just just no, of course not. Pad the scorsey. <laughs> pad the scorsey. Oh, scorsey. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's the only stat that matters. The scorsey. Write that one down. There we go. Then. So you're you're taking yeah. There's no shootout. End of OT if it's a draw. It's a draw, that's it. Top. Yeah, point each. And then that, yeah, and three points if you win. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's do it. everybody it's that time of the week it is the smooth recap spoiler alert but who cares if fireman died in avengers they have a replacement in florida as current iron man keith yandel becomes the first panthers defenseman with four points in a game since october 2011 patrick kane 
or as you may know him, inmate 09237, has now scored a thousand career NHL points. That said, the thousandth tally came on a secondary assist, and we all know those don't really count. Big balls of milk all around, as Andre the Big Cat Vasilevsky becomes only the fourth goalie in NHL history to post a 10-game win streak for two seasons in a row. He credits his amazing hand-eye coordination to a laser pointer that the goalie coach has introduced in training, although he hasn't quite managed to catch that yet. Back to the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves assaulted a colleague earlier this week by pinning Duncan Keith to the ice and feeding him what would have been his own teeth. A meeting with HR is likely scheduled for later this week. Chris Kreider replaces Artemi Panarin, meaning this year's All-Star Reserves second 11 basic bitch Aldi Middle Isle made by your grandma game is shaping up to be a real star-studded event. The Blues have laid a new blue line in time for the All-Star game this weekend. It has golden trumpets painted within the lines and looks fucking phenomenal. Mobster son, Frankie the Frank Vetrano, scored a hat-trick this week. Did you know only eight players in NHL history called Frank have scored hat-tricks? That was this week's Frank Trivia. All the good shit happened in the Eastern Conference or the KHL this week, so I'm only doing four news points out of protest, you fucking bastards. We all know that Eugene Melnick is a vampire, and now we know why he never managed to swing a trade for Gino Malkin or Sidney Crosby, as they have the highest points per game in day games of any active players. And that was your smooth recap. What do you think about the uh, the Keith and Taves fight? I think it's fucking dumb. <laughs> you can't go like what? So all right, so we allow fighting within games, yeah? Because so many people are, are like, yeah, it's hockey. You should be should be fighting each other. It shows passion. So you're allowed to fight fight the opponent in games. All right, fair enough. That's in the rule books. Now we're saying you're allowed to fight people in practice. What about like what are you on the plane and <laughs> Jumbo Joe Thornton isn't happy with? Kevin LeBanc's fucking Netflix choice so it just like starts pounding him in the face like, I will bet you I will bet you pounds to peanuts there's been fights on planes between oh, without teammates. a doubt without a doubt because we're all fucking idiots yeah it's dumb dumb as shit and, and like why would you fight over a team that's that shit I don't think right I'm, I'm not going to defend <clears> them <throat> although here is my defence of those players <laughs> however however if I was going to defend I, them this is what I would say <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I was going to stand up in court and represent these two men, here's what I would say. I, I just, you just put men together for that long. In the end, they're going to fight over something. I love my friends till the ends of the earth, and I'll do anything for my friends. But I guarantee you, if I live with one of them for a year, by the end of that year, one of us will be dead. Just dead. <laughs> because you just can't do it. We're just not wired that way to... to be around each other that much we just have that stupid dumb side of our brain that's all bravado and testosterone and oh, fucking bullshit and all this stuff and as much as we don't want it to come out in the end it's going to come out at some point and you're just going to have a little you know a little scuffle aren't you so i'm, I'm worried this example is going to backfire on me but dan you worked in in a kitchen you were a chef for a long time right 
Well, I'd say I would say I was a cook. I don't I don't like the word chef. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer you, cook, but yes, you were, you were a cook. I cooked you for my profession. Like you you worked in a high yes. pressure uh, environment. Yeah, I did. Did you ever fight one of your colleagues? Physically? No. But, okay. Here's why. Here's where that's going to backfire. If I could have done at points, <laughs> I would have, <laughs> because yeah. there were points where me and people I was like we would have killed each other. Over like pasta, <laughs> yeah, but, but you didn't <laughs> something you, like that because you showed self restraint and you you worked in an environment that didn't promote unnecessary violence and unnecessary. No, we didn't because we would have been fired. It's got nothing to do with showing restraint. Yeah, I needed is... like a paycheck. Yeah, and you shouldn't be allowed to do it in the NHL. You did it because there were good. You didn't do it because there would have been repercussions. The only reason that the fucking Blackhawks are doing it is because. They're allowed to and arguably encouraged to by this fucking toxic masculinity culture that surrounds this sport. You got a point. You have got a point, but I, I just think you I, I just think you leave enough, you leave get... men you leave men on their own for long enough. Or or keep them hemmed in together for long enough, travelling, all that kind of thing. I think in the end they're just gonna fight. And I agree it's stupid, and why would you? It's ridiculous, but Yeah, like I think there's always gonna be disagreements and you can't say that there shouldn't be harsh words or you know that people have to be best buddies or anything and they can't shout at each other or have arguments but yeah i think the only reason you get into a fight with someone in a in a situation like that is where there aren't any consequences kind of but then i think so the like, problem is, you, is you like, say about fighting one of your mates like there aren't any real consequences to that are there especially if you know that you can either either you kiss and make up or you don't and whatever like you've lost a geezer, you, you're not mates of a geezer that you wanted to fight, fucking whatever. I don't know. I think I think you're looking at it too simplistically as a young man. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just think it's a place of work, and you shouldn't be allowed to assault your colleagues. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't. Again, I can't argue with that point. I I do understand what you're saying, but I'm also on the of the opinion that oh god, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, like but, I, I I get why they'd fight. Look, I it's just that stupid why. male bullshit thing of they just there's point there's there's a point where you could you can have an opinion about something and it might be something so silly but you believe that opinion so much that you just in the end you're like I can't back down at this point and it just escalates and escalates and escalates and it is ridiculous it's completely <laughs> ridiculous. So you but that's just how it goes sometimes. You reckon it's based on a difference of opinions? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think they're both agreeing on something worth it. So do you, do you reckon? Do you reckon Duncan Keith Flock just wasn't organising his recycling properly? I mean, it might be. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? I know, but yeah, you are right. It is. It is stupid and dumb. But that's boys, isn't it? That's what boys do. Boys will be boys. We as are they stupid. Say. We are. We will. We are stupid and dumb sometimes. Before we move on to who's winning the cup, even after last week talking about the All Star Game, even more players have dropped out now. <laughs> like every single it's day, just... somebody's dropping out. This is so good. Austin Matthews has got a wrist injury. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, like, he has. Fuck fucking yes. bullshit. If the Leafs were 10 points clear at the top of the fucking division, there's no way he wouldn't be going. Of course he's not got a wrist injury. He wouldn't give a fucking shit. I wonder, they... I like the idea that they, they said, oh, he's going to be down there taking part in the event, signing autographs. He's got a so, wrist injury. Yeah. How's he signing autographs? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> fucking cut yourself out there, didn't you? Fuck you know. I know. Right. Like, no offence. Again, Chris Kreider, no offence. No offence. He's not an all-star. Sorry. Sorry, oh, Chris Geez, Kreider, you're not an all-star. To replace Artemi Panarin as well. To replace Artemi Panarin. Like, Brady Kachuk is replacing Austin Matthews. Sorry, Brady. I like, you know, you got a lot of grit and jam. Well, you know, great. 
you're not an all star. Sorry. There's a there's a disappointingly low amount of all stars left in the all star all star game. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's absolutely ridiculous. But we'll see. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll still be good. Maybe I mean, it'll be better for it. Maybe one of them will just go the fuck off. Maybe Chris Kreider's like, shit, this is my chance to earn some fucking coin. I'm going to drill someone in the game yeah. and just fucking annihilate like, him. Especially how many, how many fucking pending UFAs goes to the All-Star game? Can't be that many. Exactly, exactly. Come on, mate. Go make a name for yourself. Is Brady Kachuk? Yeah, Brady Kachuk's still on his ELC, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. Get out, <laughs> get out of there. Get out there and kill earn someone. That, earn that RFA money. Get that money. Yeah, well, get no, that no point doing that because he's he's trying to get blood from a stone from Eugene's stone. Uh-huh. All right, uh, who's winning the cup this week? It's Ovi. Ovi's winning the cup. How can he not be at this point? Oh, he's just fucking <sighs> absolutely rocketing up the leaderboards, isn't he? The best thing was was that at the start of the season, it was kind of mentioned uh, that somebody somewhere showed the graphic about how many goals he had and everything. And I was looking at it thinking, God, if he can get like, it's like 35 or 36 goals or something, he's going to move up from something like 12 to 5th or something like that. And I was thinking, that'd be awesome. And he is. Like, he scores he scores a hat-trick in a game, moves into 10th, scores another hat-trick, moves into 9th. <laughs> yes, let's go. What was the stat I saw today? Um, I think if he gets eight goals in his next 27, and then he becomes the second fastest player to 700. Do you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Dovey, actually. The Mount Rushmore needs to be five players and Ovi needs to be on it. Mate, you need to get over this Mount Rushmore idea and accept that maybe there's we're going to be finding more and more and more great players, you know? As soon as, as, soon as, Ovi, as, soon as, as Ovi gets past his goals, that's it. I'm fucking getting the hammer and chisel out and Gretzky's gone. <laughs> see, you, see you later, Gretz. Ding, 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 ding. What are so, you doing? That's it. He's off. Chunk. So by, by recency bias... Uh, the Mount Rushmore should be Mario, Sid, Ovi, and Ross Johnston. I knew you were going to say Ross Johnston. <laughs> Just I thought about saying Kevin LeBanc for some reason, but um, but yeah, in theory, if you're if you're going to go that that route, then it's it's Wayne, Mario, um, Sid, and Ovi. I'm not saying it's a recency bias. Well, no, not recency Look. bias, but it's like you know, first one in, first one out sort of thing. No, but he should be, yeah, he's, okay, I know, I know what you're saying, I know what you're it's saying, like but if I, here's thing. what I'm saying, if yeah, I no, had to no pick, Howe, if, no Howe, no Bobby Orr, no uh, Maurice Richard. If I had to pick four, if I have to pick four, I'm picking Mario, Bobby Orr, Gretzky, and Sid. That's the four I would pick, if I had to. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh, no Gordie Howe, though, is a problem. I mean, it isn't, so there's that. Yeah, that's the thing, that is the thing, it's, it's hard to really appreciate how good... Gordy Howe was now. No, um, who, who have you got one in the cup? Is it Gordy Howe? This is an easy one this week. It's it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's, this isn't even <laughs> a jokey one. They might legitimately win the cup. It, this is ridiculous. I mean, this. Do you know what do you know what the best thing is? The best thing is they lose all these pieces in the off-season. And this is why I am Mr. Intangibles. Do you know what analytics doesn't measure, William? Desire. 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 And... And the ability to find a hot Latvian goalie. You can't measure those things, Will. They're immeasurable. Analytics, ha, no. This is desire. This is effort. This is good coaching. Not about the players. Panarin, gone. Duchesne, gone. Bobrovsky, gone. And however many else left, they, they signed Gus Nyquist, and that's it. 
and we're just everyone says clearly Washington are going to are going to win the division. Columbus are going to finish bottom. Everyone else can fight out in the middle. And Columbus have got more points at this point than Toronto. That's insane. That's insane. Fucking mental. What's that old um that old trance song that's got desire in the hook? It's like oh yeah, free that. from desire. Yeah, that yeah, one. that tune. They just play that all the time, all the time. Yeah, like this is parody gone wild, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be in the sense that like, they lost all their good players. They're fucking objectively shit. Should be as bad as Detroit and Ottawa and Jersey, but they're not. And as of today, they're in a not comfortable, but I mean they're in a playoff spot. As a, that's in, like coming into the All Star game, relatively comfortable. They're above the bloody Hurricanes, fuck's sakes. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. Oliver Bjorkstrand's on fire, and he's on pace to like blow away his best season ever. They've got 15, 15 comeback wins this season. Not only has this team lost all its best players, but even when they're losing in a game, they're still like, no, fuck it, we'll still win this game. How are they yeah, doing that? The whole thing. How are um, they doing that? I I just don't know is the uh, the long and short of it, Dan. I don't understand anything it's, anymore. Nothing makes any you've sense. You've got to give, give Torts credit. It's absolutely great coaching. It's absolutely great coaching. This is whatever he's doing. It's fantastic coaching one on one. And he did say, didn't he? He said at the start of the season, he's got to change his style with this group because it's not. It's it's a basic. He's got very basic players. He's got a couple of key pieces, but that's about it. And he's got to be different with this group. Maybe that's been the secret. Maybe that's it. I'm not saying that Torx has done a bad job. I would hope not. <laughs> no, he definitely hasn't. But can we really put this whole thing on Torts? We can't give him all the credit for it, can we? I don't know. It's it's the blues from last season. It's the ability to find a hot goalie. Yeah, that's absolutely Elvis yeah. in his last yeah, Elvis in his last eight games has won seven. His save percentages in no seven were nine oh nine, nine twenty five, nine forty six, nine hundred, nine forty one, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. Mental. Not in that order, but still. I mean I th- what's that averaging out at? Something like nine forty five or something like that? And his last seven, like, you know, in seven of his wins, that's just, like just that. ridiculous. If you had to find that. It's, I think, I think it's the thing where a coach can thwart a hot goalie, but when you've got a hot goalie, you can't give a coach credit. It's, Torts hasn't fucked it up, basically. Which yeah, instead of, instead, yeah, he's not, he's not responsible for it, but he's also not, He's also not responsible for ruining anything they're doing that's good. He's just letting them, okay, yeah, you keep doing that. That's fine. He's not overcoaching, basically, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not coaching the success out of them. Did you see Dimitri's tweet about Bobrovsky and Columbus's goalies? Oh, mate, I've, I've, I think I've got that saved later have on you? my... Uh, where did I have Fair that? enough. I had a note. Oh, that... <laughs> uh, yes, because I'm going to relegate Sergei Bobrovsky specifically for that tweet. <laughs> Okay then, as I've done my win in the cup, Will, who are you relegating? I'm going to relegate Sergei Bobrovsky, the uh, Florida goalie. No way. Have you heard about Yeah, the, the former, yeah, he's the former Columbus goalie, well, yeah, right? Not a lot of people know this, but he actually uh, was allowed to walk from the Blue Jackets this off-season in favour of the, uh, the inexperienced tandem of Eunice Corpusalo and Elvis Merzlikens. Uh, right, right. Dmitry Filipovich came out with a wonderful stat... After Bobrovsky walked, he signed a $70 million contract. After that, they've now got a, a tandem that combines for $3 million against a cap. $3 million. 
against the camp. That's not even a third of what Bobrovsky makes per season. And they have the uh, the second best 5-on-5 five five save percentage and the third best save percentage overall, including all situations. Um, how's that for bang for your buck there, Dan? It's just mad, isn't it? It's just mad. Goalies are such fucking voodoo. It's just insane. I think I think it's almost like a, a little bit like what I was saying about coaching and goalies a minute ago. Don't bet on good goalies, bet on shit goalies. Or average goalies. We discussed when Bobrovsky signed his deal that we said, well, look at the four goalies who were in the conference finals last year. I mean, one of them was making, Tukarask was making seven. <coughs> Mrazek was making about two. Binnington was in the AHL six months earlier. Yeah, and Martin Jones was making like 5.7. And look how that worked out. And, and yet they're going to pay, they decided to pay Bobrovsky 10. Like, I think it's the thing where if you're, if you're paying more than like six or seven for a goalie, your the 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 chances aren't in your favour. You're not going to get ten million dollars worth of worth out of your goalie. No, never. Or chances are you aren't, because a ten million goalie is a goalie that's up in the fucking heart conversation every year. Yeah, yeah, not even yeah, not even the Vezina. A ten million goalie should be in the heart conversation. I tell you, you if- I mean it's. Joking aside, it, sh- it should be it should be hashtack levels of holy shit. I mean, this guy is un- insane. Well, and, no wonder they're paying him ten million quid. And the only reason that Price got that ten million and broke the the metrics for it was because he got the heart that year. Not yeah. saying that he didn't deserve it, but if he hadn't had that stellar a year where he won the heart, he doesn't get ten and a half million. And we aren't sitting here talking about fucking Sergei Probovsky being an eleven million dollar goalie. We're probably still saying, oh, he's not worth eight. He's not worth nine or whatever, but. It's not quite as dire a situation. I don't want to get into it too much because it's a, a discussion for another day. But the fucking Panthers are on fire. Can you imagine how good they would be if he was playing well? <laughs> <laughs> like that's insane, isn't it? We're here railing the Panthers, and they're currently sitting third in the division. Like, I, I don't know. It's even, even in an even more comfortable, even in an even more comfortable spot than Columbus. <laughs> It's such a simple way of looking at it, but yeah, you say, oh, if only Bobrovsky was playing well. If only the player who's on the ice all the time was playing well. <laughs> it's so true. Like you're guaranteed to have one out of your six players be shit at all times. Yeah. Oh man. God, hockey's dumb. It's just mad, isn't it? It's so stupid. It's so stupid, this sport. We need to start getting proper goalie pl- platoons going. Like you dress, you, you dress free goalies and fucking goalie shifts, mate. Don't know why at the start of the season, if you're, I mean, just get as many goalies in as possible and just just keep trying them until one of them like sticks. Yeah, I mean, like mid game, like, mate. Yeah, change with the whistle, whatever. Check like a pitcher. This is my starting goalie. He gets tired after half an hour, so I've got my closing goalie as well. This is it. Ideally, you want your goalies to be averaging twenty minutes a night. Really, yeah. And only for 40 games a season. You, you might want to shelter certain goalies and play them like 15 sort of thing. And some, some elite goalies might hit 25, maybe close to 30 minutes a night. But yeah, ideally you yeah. don't want to play them any more than that. No, not at all. Don't want to get too tired. Who have you got uh, being relegated this week? Uh, this week's an easy one. Brandon Manning and the AHL. <sighs> I almost wrote that one, but I wanted to make more jokes. So uh, so I didn't. <laughs> I'm just I'm just beyond this now. Like racial slurs, you just banned for life. That's it. Sorry. Fuck I'm sick of I'm sick of off. hearing. I'm going to learn from this and become a better person. Do you know what? Just fuck off. Just fuck off. If I did this in my job, I would get fired in a second. And in it's just it's insane that there's different rules for different people. 
He's in a privileged position. He's getting paid all that money and he still has to fucking do something like that. And the AHL, fucking spineless bullshit. The statements that come out, at no point did any of the statements use the word racism. It just, you know, he is a, he used a racist, I just, I just, I'm, it's, it's a fucking joke and I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm just done with it. I don't get it. You want to make a stand and promote all this bullshit and you can play and all that fucking shite. Yeah, a five, you know, five game suspension. Fuck off. And like, obviously, Brandon Manning should know as a 29 year old male, no matter what. But considering all of the Akimalu stuff recently, and he's playing That's, in know, a league where, where it all transpired in the first place, the original stuff with Bill Peters. Yeah, how much of a piece of shit do you have to be? Anyway, let's move on. How many starters and scratches you got? Come on, mate. Have I got some starters and scratches for you this week? I've got four starters and a pair of scratches. I got three and one. All right, you go first. Uh, my first starter is going to be the KHL for absolutely smashing all-star games out of the park, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely rinsing it. The rock, paper, scissors breakaway was my <laughs> favourite part of it, I think. Yeah, fantastic. And did you see the uh, the goalie taking a... Um, Taking a face off. I did indeed. And then just like the other team win it and he's like, whatever, score. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, mate. That's the kind of not caring that we want to see. Like, I I, I don't necessarily mind if NHL players are playing at half speed or whatever, but like, at least have some fun with it. Jeez Louise. Perfect perfection from the KHL All Star game, as as per usual, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to start Wes McCauley for oh. making Matthew and Brady Kachuk take a face-off together. I will just... This is half starting, half scratching. I saw plenty of people using the this is hysterical emojis. Let's pump the brake on that. It wasn't hysterical, but it was quite cool. So Wes McCauley gets a start. And Wes McCauley's brilliant. So, you know, any excuse to start Wes McCauley is fine. And it was a nice... That was a nice touch. Yeah, really nice touch. Really, really nice touch. We love that. That was uh, going to be my second one. So you've saved us a bit of time there. So my second one is going to be another all-star game thing, this time from the ECHL. Dan, I'm going to start Tommy Martian. Have you heard the legend of Tommy Martian? Saw something about this, but I, I unfortunately scrolled past it. Mr. Martian completed the uh, the accuracy competition, so the four targets, one in each corner. Oh, that was uh, it. That did was it in it, a, yeah. a stonking 2.365 seconds. Fucking hell. Absolute nutter. The th- have you seen the video That's for ridiculous. it? ridiculous. No, not yet. Because the thing that I love about it is like, you know, when you watch a player doing, doing this, uh, these uh, accuracy competitions and they're absolutely ripping these parks like proper hard, normal shots or whatever. Yeah. Martian's clearly got the got the right idea because he was just like feathering them in. Easy as you like, just no power on them really. Just right, that one goes there. Like he's passing it at the um, at the targets. It was just something about it. I was like, go on, son. That's how you've done it. You've, you've beat the system. Like we said before, you don't have to bust the back of the net, the pucks, and you've got to just cross the line and it's a goal. <laughs> I'm going to start the out, the out of context hockey Twitter account posted a, a brilliant video and I'm sure you've all seen this. It's a handshake line after a game and as the players are going past each other, <laughs> the goalie gets a, gets to a player and instead of shaking his hand, just smashes him in the face. <laughs> just Absolutely amazing. And the best thing it. is, you could tell this guy deserved it because there's no melee. His friends just stood there looking at it like, no, oh, you deserve that. You got punched. And that was it. <laughs> There's no, like, bench clearing, no nothing. No, like, everyone just starts diving in, swinging at each other. No. Everyone just, he just like, got socks in the face. He gets up really and his mate just looked at him. And just carry on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it was great. Jesus Christ. Fucking beautiful. 
my uh, my third and final starter, Dan, is uh, one that's close to home for, for you and I. Nice, uh, nice classic one. I'm going to start Nick Brett. Do you know who Nick Brett is, Dan? I do indeed. You do indeed, for, for the uninitiated. Uh, Nick Brett is an indoor bowls player who uh, I think it'd be safe to say that neither of us had heard of until about six hours ago. I'm sure you've all seen it's it. It's true. It's doing the rounds. He's made the most perfect indoor bowl shot that I've ever seen in my entire life. The ball it's coming all the way around and going through a, 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 a space that I can only imagine is exactly the size of a bowl on its side. And, um, oh my God, incredible. <laughs> Arguably, he should probably be up for sports personality of the year for that. That's a great point. It may be the greatest bo- indoor bowls shot ever. I mean, it's just... I mean, it is almost physics defying. Like that shouldn't. How does that fit through that gap? And then it it, it does the typical roll at the end on it and just rolls the, just the jack perfectly into his other ball. Like oh god, just amazing. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I just don't understand how you even line that shot up because it comes in like horizontally. Basically, it's not like it I curves know. in. It just curves and goes. Takes a fucking right angle to the left. Mental. I just love the fact. <laughs> on this extremely niche podcast when I was talking about indoor bowls. <laughs> but, but then arguably the, this indoor bowls um, clip is more famous in North America right now than the entirety AHL has ever been in the UK. <laughs> so fantastic. To be fair, that is true. I saw people, I saw American football fans who I know were t- retweeting it being like, oh my God, what the hell is this? This is unbelievable. From, this from, is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I saw it through a barstool account. <laughs> oh, what the fuck speaking of niche sports did you see that snooker shot from last week no the greatest snooker shot in history holy fuck okay the reds are still jumbled together only two or three reds have been potted okay so you know well, players like will smash the, the cube got two or three breaks have kind of happened but the reds are still kind of bundled together very closely so players will hit the white ball won't they screw back into the pack and break them up a bit to give themselves a bit more options on the reds a player smashes the, the cue ball into the red. The red hits the jaws of the pocket, bounces up in the air, lands back on the table, and backspins into the same pocket. At the same time, the white ball bounces across the pack of reds, goes across the table, hits the jaws of the middle pocket, and goes into the top right pocket. What a week for mental shots in, uh, in sports that nobody really cares about. We need to. Maybe this was the week that Kabaddi had like the greatest match ever, or Highlight had the greatest shot ever as well, and we've just missed those. (laughs) Who's uh, who's your last uh, starter, Dan? My last start has got to be Justin Williams. In his first game back, scores the game, scores the uh, the shootout winner, and then and then scores his first goal in his next game. Clearly not missed a beat. And then they play dodgeball at the end with the helmets. Fantastic stuff. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So a good uh, a good return to the game from Mr. Williams. Indeed. Uh, yeah, you've got two scratches, right? I sure do. Okay, you go first. Well, similar to what we were saying about the uh, the Mount Rushmore earlier and how people need to start be taking off it, uh, I'm going to scratch Wayne Gretzky. Because <laughs> um, we've been talking all about how Ovi is slowly but surely encroaching on Wayne's record. Yeah. Did you know that um, we haven't got evidence of Wayne Gretzky scoring a single goal since Ovechkin started his career? Huh? I'm not talking about, yeah, obviously he hasn't scored any NHL goals because he hasn't been playing in the NHL, that's fair enough, but I haven't got any evidence of Wayne Gretzky even scoring in his back garden, maybe playing a bit of wreck on the weekend. As far as we can prove, 
Wayne Gretzky has not scored a single goal since Alexander Ovechkin entered the league. And that's just what kind of a response to that, is it? It's just not really, it's despicable. It's a fair point. You'd think he'd have like just a home video or something of him just ripping one time in his backyard or something. Yeah, like, oh, I might not be in the league. Even into an empty net. I'm still the daddy. Yeah, yeah, but no, pathetic performance from Gretzky. Or he built a goal that had like cardboard boxes or something. He's like, yeah, fuck you, Alex. He's just smashing box past him. I'm scratching the snow in Canada. It's insane. Jesus Christ. How do people live? How do people live? Did you see that picture that somebody somebody opened their front door and in the space where their front door used to be, there is a snow front door. Yeah, they, they didn't that's open snow. their front door. That's now like a screen it's door. Like, like an inner door. It's higher than... It's higher than their front door. How is that possible? Mate. People are opening their front doors to just mounds of the stuff. It's absolutely crazy. I've got a um a friend who recently moved back to um he lives in Newfoundland. Oh yeah. And oh mate, he was sending us all these videos of, of the snow and him and his dad digging out the cars and stuff like that. It's just absolutely loopy. Like you say, how how do you even obviously this is this is freak and this isn't normal. Jeez, even even for not normal this is untenable basically yeah it's madness i will say when people were posting pictures of giant mounds of powder blocking the door i thought it might be one of koozie's special deliveries but it turned <laughs> out it was just snow we, we haven't proven that it's not yet <laughs> maybe you're the terrorist making a little uh, helicopter drop over canada <laughs> you're the terrorist like it's Please send to Evgeny Kuznetsov, <laughs> care of Washington. I haven't got his address. Can you just pass it on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Any final scratch? Uh, my final scratch is going to be Brad Marchand. Yes, yes, fucking over, mate. Hand in your hand in your stick. It's finished. You're done. You're getting... Why? Because he ain't got no hands anymore, Dan. He's getting bought out at the end of the year. It's it's over. How dare you? First the first the shootout attempt. Second the uh, the breakaway. Where he just loses control of the puck entirely, like it's he's done. That was tough. Up. You have to be careful, you know, because it is his year. Did you know it's the year of the rat rat? in the Chinese calendar? Yeah, it's year of the rat this year. (laughs) It's Brad's year. So I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the Chinese New Year, as um yeah, as my two year old was at nursery yesterday, Dan, and they were learning all about the Chinese New Year. Yeah. So I had to have a very strange and surreal conversation last night with my two year old about. Chinese people and Chinese things, uh-huh. knowing full well that she doesn't have any concept of of any difference between her. <laughs> like, and, she has and no like concept of anything outside of on the telly. Like <laughs> <laughs> she has no concept of anything outside of your house and school, basically, does she? Well, yeah, yeah. Like she she doesn't know that she's any different from a dog, let alone the idea of people in, <laughs> in different races with a different lifestyle across the world or belief system. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, like a whole different belief system. So it's like, okay, well, this is just weird. How do I train a baby not to be racist? I feel it's a very loaded question, Will, and one I'm not going to answer. It's, it's, it's fine, because you feel like you haven't succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> it's what? <laughs> Unfortunately, Will, with my, with my, um, my past histories with ladies it's, i'm a fantastic person to show how how not racism is is a great thing because i would tell you it, it honestly any any kind it, i just I, I love everything I, it's all great they're all great i told you i said to you before my mates were stunned i married a white woman <laughs> they were stunned because <laughs> when when they met sarah for the first time it's two of them two of them afterwards said 
so she's white then? I was like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. huh, I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. No. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. And uh, Gung Hei Fat Choi to our, to our Chinese friends out there. Okay. It's Happy New, Happy New Year. Happy New oh, Year in Chinese. Oh, oh. Or Cantonese, should I say. Sorry. There you go. Absolutely. And happy, how do I know uh, that? How do I know year. that, Will? How do you know that? How do I know that? Because I had a Chinese ex-girlfriend. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Most people just learn stuff through Duolingo, Dan. But whatever. No, not me. Not me. No, got got to get it first hand. Got to get it first hand. Yeah. And that's that is also that is also why I know a few like a few a few Cantonese phrases, and I can if we go to like a, a Chinese restaurant and stuff, I can order certain things on the menu in Chinese. I don't have to say in English and stuff. So you do like a fraction of your order in Cantonese, and then when they start talking back, to no, you no, no, the things, the, th- like, the things oh, I no, always sorry, order. Mate, can I get special fried rice for that as well, please? <laughs> can you get you got any egg and chips, mate? <laughs> do, you, do, do you do a roast beef English style? <laughs> do you do Big Macs? No, the things I the things I always order that I, I get the same thing every time. So I always order like in China. I was ordering Cantonese. Oh, go on then. What's your what's your Chinese order? So I always get I always get bole, which is like a like a Chinese tea. Okay. And then I'll always get. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yes. Fuck's sake! What's your Chinese takeaway order? Well, I start with a tea. Who's ordering tea from the Chinese takeaway? Did I say takeaway? Oh, all right, all right. Smart. Thank pants. you. All right, all right. <clears throat> okay, so you start with a bole. And- Bole, so I always get bole, which is a, a, a kind of tea. Chinese tea is fabulous, by the way. It's incredibly because Chinese Chinese food can be quite claggy and quite sticky, and yeah. Chinese tea is like a really good cleansing quality to it. Yeah. And I'll always get uh, I'll always get shumai, which is like a little pork and prawn dumpling, a little dim sum. I'll always get a, a char siu bao, which is like a it's like a it's a sweet pork, like a it sounds crazy. If you open the 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 bow the bun, which is the bow, if you open the bun, it looks it's like a cloud. But if you open it, it looks like it's got kind of like a weird like meat and jelly inside it. But it's really it's it's really sweet pork. Char siu bao is like the best thing on a Chinese menu. They're absolutely amazing. So and then I'll get a pie. <laughs> you know what? It kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. But it just looks like a cloud. I don't know how they do it. It's very clever. And I'll always get um, I'll always get sam siu fan, which is like a, it's three different kinds of meats on a on like a bed of rice. Ooh, so yeah. it's um, it's char siu pork, uh, duck, and then like a like a crispy kind of pork. But it's it's absolutely phenomenal. But I always get the same thing every time. Uh, that sounds like a good order. I wish I uh, I there wish I asked because I'm sneakily hungry right now. Yeah, I could actually. Yeah, I could do with some uh, char siu bao actually. So as you know, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and in your granddad's cassette player. It is my birthday show, so a five-star review on iTunes would be a good present. My present for my wife and my daughter yesterday was seven hours of DIY. So Lovely maybe now. you can beat that. <laughs> the life of a dad. And uh, you can also donate to the show at Red Circle. Before we get to the news, it is brought to you by Wave Intel. If you want to go to a game and impressive people you're sat next to, then do head over to Wave Intel online and on Twitter. It provides up-to-date graphics and comparison charts using the patented versus model for teams. And also, if you can't decide if Sidney Crosby or Tyler Bozak is the better player, then you can use the player versus model as well. Wave Intel online and on Twitter. Being smart so you don't have to. Okay, shall we start with Gritty nearly murdering a child? 
No, we need to find out who the actor inside Gritty is because they're the one who attacked a child. Like, what are we... This is the best thing about it, isn't it? The best doing? thing is, everyone's talking as though Gritty's some kind of sentient being, not some dude in a costume making $5 an hour. It's it? insane. I don't... I, I, I don't... Like, is there a video of it? Apparently not. God, where did I read? I read, I read somewhere that, that a video has been asked for, but there's, there's no video of it. Because it happened in November last year. <laughs> did it? Yes. That's great. That's fucking great. The, the, the two things wrong with this situation. Only? The, there's only two? The two, the two that, that creeped uh, to the front of my mind is, yeah, firstly, that we're talking about a, a, a fucking sentient mascot assaulting a... <laughs> A child, <laughs> and secondly, the amount of people that are like really dismissive of it, like I know, like oh, the kid's thirteen, like who cares? You got punched by Green, you should be proud of it. I was like, no, we can't. Similarly, to why Jonathan Tate shouldn't be allowed to just beat the shit out of Duncan Keith. Mascots at sporting events shouldn't be allowed to punch minors in the back of the head. I don't give a shit if he's. That's if he did. That's if he did. If he, if Just he let's, did. you know. If he did. No, he definitely did. It's fucking gritty. Of course he did. I mean, yeah, it is shit. gritty. I'm amazed it, I'm amazed it's taken him this long. They're not, they haven't even brought out what he did after that. Like, pushed him to the ground and was like, <laughs> dragging the kid's face across the concrete. Um, He's teabagging him. <laughs> teabagging him. <laughs> fucking hell. Calling him a noob. It's a, it's a weird situation. I don't, I don't. It's so I don't weird. I don't understand it. What is have you seen? Have you seen the picture as well that, that was taken with the kid and his dad? Didn't the dad change his profile picture to that picture the other day as well? I didn't hear that. Is that right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's an amazing but... picture because Gritty's not even looking at the camera, is he? He's just looking off to the side. He's it's such a funny the shit picture. Out of kid in a minute. <laughs> and there's some dude, like some security dude in the background as well, stood there with like shades on, like he's protecting the president. Is it it's, really? It's, I thought he was such... like a brother or something. I didn't, I didn't no, take it. That in. guy's not. That guy's not part of the family. It's the kid and the dad. That's it. I don't know who the security guy is. What he's there for? Maybe to stop gritty wailing on people or something. <laughs> he's already like assaulted four or five kids. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the dude in Predator. Have you ever seen Predator? The film. Oh yeah, I have. Like not for a long time though. <laughs> okay, well, for something else, make sure you watch Predator again very soon. It's amazing. But there was a there's a guy in Predator called Billy. The character's called Billy. I can't remember the actor's name. I think it's Sonny something. Anyway, they they said that they had to hire a bodyguard, not for him, but to stop him fucking with other people because he just he would just like start fights with people all the time he'd go out drinking at night and just get into fights and ruckuses and so they had to hire a bodyguard to stop him doing this is what they're doing for gritty well, the old, they've got uh, to hire somebody to keep him in check the old tyler sagan treatment exactly. i want to add a third exactly. disgraceful thing about this situation and that i've just seen a picture of gritty's head superimposed onto aaron hernandez being escorted from his house <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. Oh, what a time to be alive! Do, so, do you think? Do you think he did it? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> if he did it, if it was in November, why is it being brought up now, two months later? Like the dad just remembered. Maybe he was suffering from PTSD of the incident. He's woke up in the night, going, "Oh my god, my son was punched by Gray." <laughs> like come on, memories. Yeah. Like what? I don't know. He's a, he's a Flyers like, fan. Maybe he took too many batteries to the head. 
This is the thing as well. It's a miracle it's taken this long for a Philadelphia mascot to do something like this. I mean, what do people expect? It's Philadelphia. No offense, Philly. I love you, but you're trash people. You're like when you won the Super Bowl, there was people eating literal shit off the floor. I mean, <laughs> what what can Excuse I say? Me? Oh, did you not know that? <laughs> what do you mean? Did I not know that? Well, dude, it made the rounds. No, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, there was people doing insane shit. There was a giant parade, and there was people who climbed on top of portaloos and were pissing on the crowd. There was people eating literal shit off the floor because they said, "If Philly win the Super Bowl, I'll fucking eat shit and stuff like." So they did. That's well, I heard about the people pissing on each other, but that's so fair enough. Whatever people do in either the privacy of the, their own home or the public publicity of the uh, of a Super Bowl parade is their their own decision but I guess like after when the when the Flyers owner died and then fans started <laughs> hurling the bracelets to commemorate the owner onto the ice in anger I, I mean I, I think of course that... Gritty's gonna do some that's why you see that's why Gritty's done it maybe his popularity was waning and he was thinking I need to do something off the, off the chain here and he's just he's just gone ham on some off kid the chain. and all the fans are like yes Gritty's one of us <laughs> I wish we had video like when that uh, the Blackhawks mascot was fighting somebody. Oh. <laughs> Just gritty, absolutely destroying this kid. Did you know as well? Did you know that the Philly fanatic from baseball is the yeah. most sued mascot in history? What just what for? Does he beat people up or? I I can't even remember. Yeah, it's like stuff like t-shirt guns and throwing stuff at people and tripping people up and I don't know all kinds of crazy lawsuits against the Philly, against the Philly fanatic but yeah Fucking it's Philadelphia check specs they're all mental you've got to uh, got to sort it out over there Philly I know who um it I is t- true though I'm... yeah everyone's giving the boy grief no one cares everyone's like yeah, yeah. gritty you rule felt like <laughs> team gritty yeah I was, I was going to ask a question that I absolutely know the answer to even before asking it but um who are the worst fans, uh, Philly fans or Millwall fans? Ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, the answer's Millwall fans because they're I psychopaths. I think it's Millwall by a country mile. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Millwall by a mile, but Philly are just like Philly fans are just kind of crazy. They're, yeah, they're kind of crazy, but yeah, Millwall fans are just mentalists. Dangerous. Do you is know what they Millwall used to, fans are? Yeah, very dangerous. Do you know that they used to, um, they would take, oh, this is grim. But to be fair, a lot of football hooligans did this, not just Millwall fans, but I heard it about Millwall fans first. They would take box cutters, you know, like a, you know, like a Stanley yeah, knife, yeah. with like a, you know, the single blade. And when you were waiting to, if you were like a, an away fan or they thought you were an away fan or something, they would slice you across both bum cheeks with the razor, with the, with the, the, the box cutter. Because oh, so you, you couldn't sit down then, can you? You can't sit down because it stretches the skin and everything. So you'd have to get stitches in your arse across both cheeks but then you couldn't sit down. That's fucked up. In it. And then what happened was they found out that people were sort of buying, you know, like, you know, pillows with holes in and stuff like that so they could sit down. So they would take two box cutters, run them both across your bum cheeks because now you couldn't sew one up without stretching the opening wound of the other one. Fucking Grim. hell. What a beautiful game. The beautiful game. The beautiful game. <laughs> the beautiful game of association football, I'll say. Fucking the wonders it's done for this world. It's just madness. Anyway, talking about talking of injuries. Um... <laughs> oh, oi, 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 oi. Hey, hey. I've done a cigar like that for ages. Fucking so Conor that. McDavid, in a, I think it was the, one of the, final, the final game in the regular season last year against the Flames, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the last one. Here comes McDavid. McDavid, fly! 
crashes into the Flames net. Tripping is the call. Holding his left leg, and he is still down on the ice, as you can see. Here it is again, comes down, and it's the left leg that makes the initial contact right there on the post. And, I mean, that's a lot of speed and weight coming through into that bar, and the left leg took the brunt of that collision. Obviously breaks it on goal, going, I don't know, like max seven or whatever, however fast he goes, and he uh, crashes into the uh, the goal. And I remember, I remember us talking about it at the time, and obviously, you know, has to get helped off of the ice and we were talking and the Oilers in McDavid's camp are very, they were quick to come out and be like, oh, no, he's fine, he's fine. You know, it's just a little nick. He'll be okay. I'll put him up and about in no time. See him playing mini golf really. in a leg boot like two months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the, the picture comes out. The picture, and we talked about this on the show, like, I can't believe I feel sorry, sorry for this guy who's got 100 million notes in the bank and he just looks miserable. And this, what, this is why. Turns out, he actually went to see a load of specialists and all of them were saying, well, obviously you've got to miss the entirety of next season. So just so you know that, that's, you know, that's that's basically day one. Like you're missing the whole of next season. Your knee is completely done and we've kind of got to rebuild it. And they were talking about, okay, you've got to change the way you skate, the way you turn. You're going to have to change everything about your game, which is insane. They didn't that's really say that to him, think. did they? they? Yeah, they said, they said like, they said you are going to miss the entirety of next season. And the way we're gonna sort of, we're kind of gonna sort you out, like it might end up that you've kind of got to change everything, because you know what knees are like, dude. Like they're really dodgy, aren't they? Wouldn't yeah, you knees ju- are fucked kids, up. Kids, if you're listening, if you're listening, kids, protect your joints. Protect your joints at all costs. If you can sit down instead of kneeling, sit down. Protect your knees. Protect your hips, because they're like they're the worst things you can hurt. And McDavid, like the way he plays, can you imagine if you'd have had to like miss an entire season and then rehab it, he wouldn't have been the same, would he? Well, I mean, so surely he still does. This is the thing. He goes to see, I don't know, a witch doctor or something. <laughs> and, and he's kind of said, you can rehab it. You can use certain resting methods. You can use diet. You can use certain rehab methods. Essential oils. And it will be... Yeah. A lot of lavender. <laughs> who was that guy who said the other thing about? Was it uh, white vinegar? What was it? Was it cider vinegar or something? Oh, Remember Jesus, that when he had yeah, the flu? cider vinegar. <laughs> apple cider vinegar i mean yeah it was all kind of that kind of stuff and he's and he's done that and it seems to be it seems to be okay which to me is terrifying that he's playing on that leg and it's never been like medically fixed that that's terrifying oh mate jesus christ fucking robocop over here i mean maybe i mean you know he just got i mean maybe he got away with it because he was young i mean it might be a case that in Four or five years, we're looking back saying, shit, he should have had that operation. He should have done something about it then. Yeah, well, I reckon whenever it is, I feel like Conor McDavid ain't had the last from that knee. Yeah. I remember um, I remember watching Soccer AM years ago, you know, when it was good. And what with, um, with they had a Tim, Tim Vickery or whatever? Lovejoy and Tim. Helen Chamberlain, yeah. Oh, and they were, they were, they had a, I can't remember who the footballer was. It might have been, I think it was Julian Dix or somebody like that. Anyway, Jeez Louise. they were talking to him about knee injuries because he had a couple. And he'd gone to a doctor and he said, Doc, he said, I just want to play. I don't really care about the future. And the doctor said, right. He says, well, I can fix your knee in one way and you'll be out for like a year and a half. He said, but you will be able to play after that and it will be better in the long run. But at the time he was sort of 31, 32. And he was thinking, well, if I do that, then I might as well just give up now. He said, so what's the other option? So the doctor said, well, I can do a different procedure and you can play on it next week but chances are you'll be in a wheelchair when you're like 55, 60. 
and he took that option because he just wanted to play. Christ. And I was just like, fucking hell. I hate bringing this up, but if the Oilers get to the playoffs, do you not send a goon out and just say, you know, if you maybe fall over just before you get to McDavid or something, that would be terrible if that happened. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, he slipped. What a great shame. Mate, imagine. Imagine. That'd be horrendous, wouldn't it? It would. But you know what what the playoffs are like, dude? Nobody cares, do they? It's fucking insane. It's just, it's madness out there. Do uh, the playoffs. Do what you can. Do what you can to win. Exactly. Do what it takes to win. Do you know what as well? McDavid's selfish. Go on. <laughs> Thought I'd leave that there for a sec. That a hang? If you'd have had the operate if you'd have had the operation, the others could have tanked again. Then he would have had Lafreniere on his wing. <laughs> well surely that'd be more. Made selfish. the team even made the team even better. Mate, like as if that was gonna work out well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Like I know the Oilers just never works. <laughs> this is like one of the deepest drafts ever, and the Oilers go from like one to fifteenth or something in the lottery because <laughs> they would. Fucking, and and even if they did, they just break Lafreniere. That'd, that'd be all it is. He turned into like now Yakupov, but Russia, but Canadian. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun. That's a good point. That's a good point. The Athletic did a player poll, and. Before we got onto this a little bit and some of the results about some of the things that, that came out of it, I can never decide if these are good or not. Because you think, oh, I'd love to sit down with a player and get his, you know, get his opinion on this, get on that. What, you know, what do you think about this? You play the game. I mean, what's your opinion? I'm going to ask you this first, Will. Do you think for one second we're getting honest answers for these players? Or is it just, I'll just say the first thing comes into my mind because I don't care about this? I think we'll get... So, so there's been like the the league wide player poll, and then there's been more individual po- player polls, like team by team, that the um, the beat writers are doing. Yeah, I think for the team by team ones, they're giving honest answers, but then they're for like, oh, who's the worst dressed, who has the worst taste in music, and all that sort of stuff. So like, there's no incentive to not give honest answers. But yeah, I think for by and large, you're not. I wouldn't say not honest answers, but not particularly thought-out answers. Do you think any of them are political in the sense of how what I mean by that is is that a player thinks, or oh, if I say this thing, maybe it'll give me an advantage somewhere down the road? No, I don't think so, because it's all anonymous, isn't it? No, yeah, I know. But if you, if you, you know, if, if everyone kind of picks the same player for something or it's just like the, like the, like the, the fancy answer kind of thing, they're just thinking, well, I might, I might say this actually because... If it pumps this guy's tyres a little bit, he gets yeah, in his own yeah, head maybe or I something like that. I can see like people that. putting each other's... Putting, yeah, putting people over sort of thing. Definitely. And so many of the answers just reek of being like... Not misinformed, but like low effort. So like on the most underrated player one, which I know is always a, a magnet oh, derision anyway. Suddenly Jonathan Huberdeau's second on that list because he's on pace for 100 points. Not to say that Jonathan is not a bad player, but... Nobody was talking about Jonathan Hublot last year or the year before, and now he's suddenly one of the most underrated players. Isn't Sasha Barkov the most underrated player again for like the sixth year in a row? <laughs> oh, I know. I know, like fucking Braden Point's on there. The only one on that list, so you got Sasha Barkov, Jonathan Hublot, Nick Backstrom, Braden Point, and then for me, the only sort of true answer out of that lot is Jared Spurgeon. There think, you go. That is an answer. That's a fucking that's, answer. That's what I'm talking about. Everyone Braden Point underrated. You fucking mental. You, what <laughs> like, are you talking you about? Forty goals last year. 
Yeah, like Jared Spurgeon. That's a that's that's a good one. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. That's a good answer. And like you know, one in three players that are polled picking Carey Price for a must-win game seven. Like really, you'd sooner go for. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky came third with eleven percent of the votes, and John Gibson wasn't even on the fucking list. It's like a, it's just a popularity contest or like a fame contest for a lot of it, really, isn't it? I just, I just think it's like, oh, the, like they're just they, they're so wired to care about nothing but their own team and their own game and their own friends. I just don't think any of them give a shit about anything else. Who's the best goalie? Uh, Carey Price, and it's just that. That's it. And and even without word it, however you want to word it, but put anything like goalie good, they'll just go Carey Price. Even if you take like the caring aspect out of it, I think it's like the ability to accurately keep on top of all of it. Like say, yeah, we struggle yeah, to keep on top of all the league, and I'd say in some respect, I've I'd imagine I have a lot more free time than the average NHL player does, and and more willingness to keep up on the league. Like imagine if you're an NHL player, like how many of them are going to spend all their free time like, oh, I better research the NHL, oh, I better do more work. Yeah, fucking... Panthers players aren't sat on the plane like, oh, fantastic, Vegas, the fucking LA from last week, great. Well, I reckon, <laughs> oh, I reckon there are a fair few people that probably watch it. I'm going to be as as informed as the average diehard fan, I wouldn't say. Was there anything else on there that caught your eye? Anything worth? Um, no, because it's so or is it like... vanilla. Like It's all just pretty boring. That's what I mean. Like... Boring. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's like best defensive defenseman and fucking Shea Weber's still coming second. Like... Not that Shea Webber's a bad player, but come on, guys. Let's get... And, and guess who was the best referee in the league? Where's McCauley? Where's McCauley? Which I would have... Fine, but how can you... How can you... I mean, those ones are kind of interesting because they have more insight than we do as fans, but... Because they actually deal True. with them and they hear the stuff that they do. Even, even so, like... Just like anything, don't ask a fucking... Don't ask a hockey player anything because they're not fucking interesting. No, you're right. Just coming back to Carey Price, I I only thought about this because somebody put on Twitter, you know, like people will write into their notes and then tweet the picture of their notes. They oh, wrote yeah, that yeah. the reason Carey Price is loved by everyone is because he does difficult things really easily. And it just he just makes the, the position look very simple, even though it's very difficult. And I just couldn't... I was like, okay, maybe like five years ago, when he was playing awesome and he was like probably the best goalie in the world. But I was thinking like the last two or three years, how good, I mean, seriously, how good has he been? So I did look at some stats and I asked a great friend of the show, Punk Rock Jason from Wave Intel to get his, his minions to post some stuff, which he very kindly did. So you can go, there is a, there is a thread on Twitter from at Wave Intel about goalies from the past three years and sort of, you know, save percentages and all that kind of thing. But I wanted a, a decent sample size myself. So I looked at all strengths and 5v5. And for all strengths, there are 27 goalies who played a minimum of 6,000 minutes over the past, well, it'd be two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. So Price is 18th in save percentage, 24th in goals against, 18th in goals saved above average, and 22nd in high danger save percentage. And I get it, right? You've got to have a good, a decent team in front of you. But, like, those are bad numbers. He's not... He's he's not even <laughs> particularly close to being a top-half goalie, let alone a top-ten goalie, or the best goalie in the league. Like, not even close. <clears throat> and then, so, I looked at 5v5. 
And again, I, I tried to change the minutes slightly just to get a, a decent sample size, but there are 36 goalies who've played more than 4,000 5v5 minutes in the past two and a half years. So out of 36, Price is 27th in save percentage, 31st in goals against, 27th in goal saved above average, and 32nd in high danger save percentages. That's fucking awful. I think it was like an annoyance thing more than anything else of, of these player polls and you think you're getting some kind of wacky information. And at this point, I feel like player polls are just clickbait. Come on, find out what play they think this is. And I, I, I already knew the answer. And I think, like, well, yeah, they're just going to pick Kerry Price or they're just going to pick this guy or, like you say, I mean, fucking <laughs> Sasha Barkos, the most underrated player again. No, he's not. He's really good. Everybody knows he's really, really, really good. But it's it's because we we haven't declared a successor to that title yet. Like it'll probably be Jonathan Huberdo for another couple of years if he carries on as it is. He'll kind of take the mantle. Yeah. But then he doesn't play centre, so he's not a fancy pick to you know make people think. Oh yeah, I understand the defensive side of the game more. You know than just looking at pure points or whatever. Where did Luke Glenn Denning finish? <laughs> Don't know. Wasn't listed. <laughs> wasn't listed. Should have been top of the list. I know. But... Should have been top of the list. Jesus. Best player. Most underrated player. Uh, hardest <laughs> yeah. to play against. <laughs> Best goalie. Best goalie. Best referee. <laughs> he can do it all. He can do it all. Is that, that's just the, the the amazing talent of Luke Glendening. And it can't be overstated enough. Not at all. And consistently, isn't it? It's, it's not even... It's over years and years and years. He's been so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I don't really like to think about it. It, it freaks me out just how uh, how good Luke Glendening has, has been while also not really being particularly yeah. uh, productive with it. I know. Very funny. Just okay. needs a chance. Put Luke Glendening on your top line and see what happens. There we go, though. So, yeah, from that, yeah, from here on out, the fancy, the real fancy answer to most underrated player, Jared Spurgeon. That's a good answer. I like that answer a lot. Fancy, whoever, whichever players put that, thank you very much for actually having a decent answer and an honest answer. Yeah, thanks for thanks for thinking outside the box, thinking for yourself. Fucking Braden Point. The man called the next Patrice Bergeron is underrated. Fucking hell, yeah, of course he is. Fucking hell. Yeah, a man, a man making $9 million a year. All right. So the NHL is putting out a decade series and it's not finished yet, but it did bring up, bring up a good question because I wanted to do this before they announced their, their team of the decade. So I said to Will, we should try and put together what we think the NHL will put for their team of the decade and then what we would have as our team of the decade. Before that, I will quickly run through and we'll quickly discuss a couple of the, uh, the, the things that have already been decided. So the best series they had as Kings Blackhawks in 2014. Did you see that at all? Did you were you aware of that at the time? I can't remember when you started watching uh, hockey. Yeah, I was. I was because that was one that ended up with um, the Kings winning and then going into Kings Rangers final, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, I can't say I can remember the series particularly, to be honest, or even really understood enough at the time. You know what I mean? I remember watching it. There was an OT. God. I want to say game four or five, maybe. My memory's kind of a blank. I'm sure it was game five. I might be wrong on that. But there was an OT that had more intensity and action than some games I've seen. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was it was a fantastic series. But it's tough because like any, any kind, of, kind of game seven series is great, really, isn't it? Because it, it can go any way. You never know, so... 
but I do remember that one being really good. Yeah, definitely. It was... Uh, yeah, the, the thing I remember about those playoffs is it's just watching my first ever playoff game. Um, game one of Pittsburgh-Columbus that year. And just really instantly um, realising the uh, the difference in sort of passion and intensity that you're going to get in the playoffs. Yeah. That was fucking crazy. So that was your series of the decade then? Uh, no, I, mean, I, go, I, mean, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. I don't know what I'll put in my, my series of the decade. That's a, that's a fucking hard one. I kind of want to say the Lightning Blackhawks um, final from 2015 because that was pretty good. That was good. How about Columbus Lightning from last year? Jesus. <laughs> well, <coughs> like, if you want to talk memorable... Bit too, uh, bit too one-sided for my liking. Jesus. No, no, yeah. The, uh, no surprises for these two. Blackhawks, franchise of the decade. I mean, pretty tough to argue that when you won three cups. Yeah, and like, as, much, as much as you want to hate decade. on it. Like, Same. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't hate it. You can't hate it. The um, Braden Hobby saved the decade. I'm just double-checking. Maybe it's the one I think it is then. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is that one you're thinking. Yeah, you can't, uh, can't argue with that, can you? I legit, I can, I can say with hand on my heart, I legitimately screamed out loud. As though I was a fan of either team, because oh. I was, I just, and, and in real time, I just couldn't. I don't know. I just in real, I've seen it like I've watched it a million times now because I'm gonna and I'm gonna put this in and obviously Doc Emmerich has an amazing call, but we both we both just kind of <laughs> I screamed in unison with Doc Emmerich. I was going oh like that, but yeah, fantastic. The edge of the crease and now the hash marks as it's still back in. Stop by Braden Holtby. It's an adventure right there. Now watch this. The puck goes across. Tuck has a wide open net and the paddle of the stick. Holtby. I remember us talking you know more what? about that save than um, any other save that we've ever spoken about combined together. We spent more time on that one than the rest of them. That's true. Do you know what you could have had as an outside shot if you if the NHL had any balls? Go on. Flurry save against the Leafs a few months ago. Come on, mate. Because it start because it started a movement, dude. It all everything started with that save. Because that save got maybe not didn't get Babcock fired, but he got fired after that. And what? away we go. Might as well have. And here we are now. D- so with these decade things, moment of the decade. Did you see what their moment of the decade was? Like what the fuck is that? They've they've listed it as the NHL 100 gala. You can't have your own centennial um, celebrations as like your moment of the decade. That's just weird. It is really weird. It's so weird. Yeah, that's. What was your moment of the decade? The moment that we made, huh? Yeah. Oh, just some corporate event we did. <laughs> Not only a corporate event, a corporate event they fucked up. Because I keep looking for Malkin on that list and I just can't see him. He's still, still not there. Still ain't there. Still ain't there. When you could have I keep thinking like... one day they're just going to retcon it and then like not admit to it. Like, number 27 used to be blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's Evgeny Malkin. Was it always Evgeny Malkin? Because in 10 years, no one will care. I'm like, oh yeah, Malkin. Yeah, that makes sense. He should be on that list. No, because yeah, what, what they could do, just... they could just take out like Cummy Burton or something. And then yeah, anybody. in like 30 years or whatever, when or 50 years, when someone asks like, oh, what... What happened there is like, oh well for a joke they put in a joke mode for a bit <laughs> coming back because yeah. um, they, they knew everyone would be like oh well that's obviously meant to be Evgeny Malkin because nobody's ever been called K 
Cammy Burton. The event of the decade was the uh, the 2014 outdoor game, Leafs Wings. It was 106,000 yeah. fans. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Yeah. Do you know yeah, that's a decent. That's decent. Nope. Yep. I agree. I do agree with that. I think that's a, I think that's a good call. It's a weird one for. So you've got game of the decade, event of the decade, and moment of the decade. Like, what what's, what's your event of the decade going to be? The fucking 2013 draft in New Jersey. Like, you know what I mean? It's all, <laughs> that's basically outdoor game of the decade. <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised that they didn't have they didn't have the uh, the 2011 Cup final because it led to a legitimate riot. I mean, cars were flipped over and on fire. And at no point was somebody like, "Wow, that's kind of, that's kind of wacky and interesting." Not seen that before. No, all right. I mean, that was definitely a big moment. I think it probably is worth honouring in such a. You can't ignore the decade. <laughs> ignore that for a decade list, can you? Right of the decade. <laughs> right of the decade. Post game. <laughs> Post game show of the decade. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah Bruins Leafs was game of the decade. The famous game seven. The first of three game sevens actually. What do you think about that? Now Marshawn with it. Hands it off. First one is a rebound. Chance in front. Taking the set. Puck up. Three. Score! Patrice Bergeron! Who tied the game and won it in overtime! I mean, I've not seen that game, so I can't speak. I just think it's interesting that that's probably the most famous de- game of the decade, so I don't know whether that's right or not. You know what I mean? Like... On one it's hand, tough to argue. you should pick the most I, yeah. famous game of the decade, but at the same time, I'd, is it was it really the best played game of hockey of the last ten years? Uh, I don't know about that. I know I would have as good as a memory that was for me, obviously, because um, I did watch it and it was you know an unbelievable thing to <laughs> to score two goals in the last minute with a goalie pulled, and then to win it in OT was unbelievable. But I think somebody might have been down goes Brown made a great point that like Sharks Knights from last season was way crazier, way crazier to get, you know, to get like a five-minute major being 3-0 up and then to be down 4-3. This is and it. then to bring it back with six forwards on the ice and then you lose in OT. I mean, that was that was insane. So the, the two things with that game that I'd question is, A, if it was just a regular season game, if it was game 45, would anyone care? And if it was if it was game forty five, the exact same game, exact same events, but it's between the fucking Wild and the Canes, nobody gives a shit, do they? Yeah, it's a fair point. And yeah, obviously there's like an element of the stage and all that, and and the, the what's at stake. But game of the decade should just be a good and interesting game itself, like the hockey, rather than being polluted by the sort of storyline around it. See, I'm not sure. I would. I, Personally, personally, I would have picked Game Seven Canucks Hawks in 2011, which is the famous Alex Borosi slayed the dragon. Kane gets the puck, sends it across for Campoli. Went over his stick, but Ryan Johnson clears the zone. Hamhuis intercepts, dumps the puck back in. Campoli has it, flips it. Burrow steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Because that was a and that was a good series as well. Because the Canucks raced out to three nil, and it was just that was it. It was all over. Hawks are dead, you know, defending cup champs. And then I think they won like seven two five nil and something else. And it looked like oh shit, like the Canucks are getting reverse sweeped here, and the Hawks are actually back in it, and they are they're gunning again. I mean that was a that was a, a fantastic game. 
So, I mean, I could I could have gone for that one, but, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a hard one. It is pick. weird how that... Like, we, we play 1,200 NHL hockey games every year. How can you, yeah. how can you pick? How can you pick them? I just don't know how, how Bruins Leafs translate outside of Bruins Leafs fans. Yeah, that's I mean, if thing. you'd have said to a... If you'd give a, if you'd give like a, I don't know, not a Flames fan because that's another Canadian team. Let me think. If you'd give a Kings fan, like a list of games, not involving them obviously, but would they have picked Bruins Leafs as the most memorable? I mean, maybe I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of it's tough for me to know because I'm kind of in that in that Bruins bubble kind of thing. So I see it all the time anyway. So I don't know how it kind of matches. No, this is it. And then did you see the uh, the goal of the decade? Uh, yeah, I did. And I just, again, like it it wasn't a. I mean, it was a good goal, but was it was it that good a goal itself? Here's what, yeah, okay. again, so it's, again, it's, it's Patrick it's, Kane's. It's Patrick. Yeah, we need to explain what it is. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It's Patrick Kane's goal against the Flyers, Game Six, his OT winner. I'll let you go first, and I'll explain why I completely agree with this a million percent. So I think it's moment of the decade more than goal of the decade, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good goal. Him going short side coming in off the left left wing, but what makes that goal special is that. Uh, Nobody knew it went in, and like it's just a silent arena of Patrick Kane shouting and celebrating. He knows he's just won the cup, and he's the only one who knows it for three, four, five, however long that period of seconds is. So, like, it's not the goal of the decade. It's but in a similar thing to what you were saying about if Eric Brave had put um, a flurry save against the Leafs as save of the decade, they should have put fucking was it Blake Coleman's goal from this year? That one-handed, he's on the floor. Goes top shelf. Oh yeah, that's a. Be- I was thinking about all the. Cro- I was thinking about all the Crosby goals. Like he bats itself. He bats it to himself in midair. That do you remember that Duchesne? The, the Duchesne um, from the fucking the face-off dot. Yeah, in mid-air. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that was insane. <laughs> and like, yeah, as a moment, incredible moment, and it's worth being honoured. But as a goal, yeah, it's a good goal, but it's nothing special. But I, I agree with what you said though. This is why I think it is. I think it's, it's because of what like it's what comes after it. It's like we said before. I I picked this goal as one of my. We did a, a little countdown, didn't we? Like you know, our, our five favorite goals of by teams that are not our team. And I had this as my number one. And for that reason, is it for I don't know. However long it's there for, the only person in the world who knows it's a goal is Patrick Kane. And the only person in the world who knows he's just won the Stanley Cup for that amount of time is Patrick Kane. No one else in the world knows what's going on, and that's that's incredible to think in a game like that. Yeah, but then, then that's not the goal of the decade. That's moment of the decade. Everything. Yeah. No, I see. What you're I do see. I kind of see. I do see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's that the emphasis is not on the goal at all, and like it, it doesn't matter. Like none of this fucking matters. Whatever. Who cares what the NHL thinks is, <laughs> thinks is the best goal of the decade? Like in the end, we're all gonna die anyway. You, know, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't <laughs> fucking. It doesn't take away from any of the other good goals scored. It doesn't. None of it matters at all. Okay. But yeah, they've not even selected the best goal of the decade based on the quality of the goal. It's true. Which is very typical NHL, and I, I approve them being so uh, so on brand. I guess the problem is, though, is everything's been done, hasn't it? Like volley goals, one-handed goals, backhanded goals, through the legs, like that Carlson, you know, the fucking Carlson goal. And, that, and then we went through a spate of like a month where 17 players did through the legs goals for some reason. And everything's been done. I mean, that's the only one I can think of that's kind of unique. But again, it's not the goal that's unique. It's what happens after it. So, yeah. You know what's a better goal than that? Do you remember that goal that Seth Griffith scored like four years ago? Where he was like <sighs> going backwards. And he just tucks oh, it between God, his own leg yes. while moving backwards. That was a better goal. Oh, yeah. How about Pecorino? 
like what, three exactly. weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> There's the goal of the decade. Like again, <laughs> so I'm watching. I'm watching Vegas, um, uh, Montreal from Saturday last Saturday, and it's on that fucking ad loop where every single ad break there is, it plays save of the week or hot saves or whatever. Better, best That's goals, etc., right. etc. Et every single goal they're playing on this goal highlight reel is better than that Patrick Kane goal. <laughs> <laughs> That should have been it then. Goal of the decade. All of them. I should just have any, it. Just anything. They're all good. Hockey's yeah. fucking hard, mate. All the goals are good. That's a fair point. So the NHL team of the decade. You you read off what you think it's going to be. And I'll just say, like, you know, obviously, my, yes or no. My, my, my starting I, five, who I think it's going to be. What you think the NHL are going to pick. What you think <coughs> the big wigs in the suits and all the, all the people who voted are going to choose as the team of the decade. Okay. Uh, where do you want me to start from? Start wherever you want, mate. Is Ovechkin on the left? Yeah. Sidney Crosby down the middle. Yeah. Patrick Kane on the right. Okay, yeah. Left D, we got Duncan Keith. Right D, we got Eric Carlson. Oh, and, uh, okay. Henrik Lundqvist between the pipes. Interesting. All right, I got two different. Okay, so I I struggled with Keith. I wanted to pick someone that wasn't Keith, but then I thought, it's going to be Duncan Keith. Yeah, um, he's like he's in, the, he's in the NHL 100 for fuck's sake. Of course they're picking Duncan. Like, of course they're picking him. And, and to be fair... Yeah, for for the majority of the decade. The problem with like a whole decade team is there are going to be very, very, very few players that are at the heights of their powers for the entirety of a decade. Yes. So yeah, Duncan Keith. Who would you? Who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? Other than? Do you have any other options oh, other than Keith? Nah, not really. Nah. Okay. Like I thought. I thought about just good D men. Like I don't know, Victor Hedman, Chara, maybe. But yeah, no, Keith is the only one that I think really fits it because he was incredible for the first seven years of it oh god yeah ridiculously good okay yeah so yeah Ovi, Crosby, Kane, Keith I agree I think they're taking I think they're taking Doughty instead of Carlson no that's criminal how can you do that that's not hey I'm not saying that's what I would do I'm saying that's what I think they will do mate if if they don't have Eric Carlson on this list they're fucking nutters do, okay, I will say as well, they are doing a second all-star team, aren't they? They're doing a first and a second team. I think they put Carlson in the second team. Do you know, there's two very simple, basic reasons I have chose different players to you. Why am I pick, Why do you think I'm going to pick Drew Doughty and I think they're going to do that over Eric Carlson? Because the AHL are idiots. Yeah, there's two really good reasons and they're both Stanley Cup rings because it's as simple as that. That's all they care about. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Because if they don't pick, if they don't pick Drew Doughty, the the narrative's going to be, uh, how are you picking a guy who's got one uh, conference finals appearance over a guy who's won two cups? Uh, what? Oh, sorry, two conference finals appearances over a guy who's won two cups. That's what the narrative will be. And the NHL are like, well, yeah, we'll have to pick Doughty then. Yeah, fair play, mate. <laughs> That's why. And do you know what I think? We're naming Kyle I... Clifford to the All Star team. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Chris Kunitz. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that's what I think they'll do. Yeah, I'll give and you I, that. And my second, and honestly, God as well, I typed in Lundqvist because I was like, well, yeah, it's it's the tank. It has to be Lundqvist. I think they're taking Price. Yeah. And do you know why I think they're taking Price? Because uh, I don't think they dare have an all decade team and not have a Canadian market player on it. Oh. Oh. I think I think it's a political choice. That's that's interesting. That's very interesting. Spicy take, right? Spicy take. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can I can get behind that. And to be fair, like because I think they're probably because I think gonna, there's enough. Like, I think I think there's enough body of work in there from Price that you could make the argument. 
yeah, and I, mean, I think that's enough to swing just it to say picking fucking Craig Anderson or Freddie Anderson or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I, I I believe it. I believe it. There we go. So I think I think yeah, the list the list released. Um, <clears throat> this is where we're recording this Thursday night, so we're, we'll know the list tomorrow. So I'll be I, I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, I'd be interested once. to see like the ten players because I think yes, I think the first one that that first forward line is pretty locked in. But what they're going to do with the oh, second God, yeah. one? Yeah, that's more interesting actually. The the, inter- the more interesting one is the second team. Like, who'd you put in that second like, team? I, I wonder if they're going to put McDavid on there. Would I hate that? I don't know. I don't think they should. Taves? <laughs> oh, mate, probably. Yeah, because <laughs> how can you have Kane and Keith and then not Taves? At least one of them. So two of those you know? spots are going to be uh, Taves and Seabrook then, or Taves and Crawford. Oh God, yeah. The other goalie would be Lundqvist. Oh yeah, Gruff. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe of course. Yeah, Gruff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I oh, don't Christ. know. Maybe Chara. Probably. Yeah, I just don't know because there's so many good players. But then to to look at a ten year span is very hard. All right then, the real business. What's your team of the decade? So, um, my team of the decade. Bearing in mind as well, this is just personal preference. What well, I'd. Unsurprisingly, Dan, I've taken this a, a little bit tongue in cheek. Okay. Uh, fuck's sake. I, I've gone for, for my most impactful players of the decade. Okay. Because, like, to be honest, if I was just doing a strictly who do I think have been the best players of the decade, yeah, that team I mentioned before, I don't think you can really. They've all been very good. I I wouldn't. That would probably be what I'd pick if I had to pick the team. All right. But that's not what matters. What matters is the most influence you have on the game. Uh, while you're here on God's green earth to play on his ice. So at left wing, I've got Brad Marchand. Okay, Cause okay. Because you can't have, like, who has impacted the game for better or for worse more in the last decade than Brad Marchand? That's a great point. Who's That's been talked point. about more than Brad Marchand over this last decade? I don't think anyone has. At centre, I've got Joe Thornton. Nice. You, That's a nice choice. You can't threaten to get your dick out if you score four goals and not end up on my all-decade team. That's just how it goes, Dan. <laughs> I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. Of course. On the right wing, playing a little bit out of position, but he has played there before, is uh, is Matt Deshane for the influence he's had on many a franchise this decade. <laughs> That's such a good choice. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, I've had to go two right use at D. Again, it just I I couldn't leave either of these players off. So first, I've got I've got PK Subban, who in, in all seriousness, like, no, no, yeah, for, choice, for, yeah, for for influence, like, okay, it's fucking PK. You've got Adam there. Uh, to his right is going to be Adam Larson. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for his involvement uh, in trade of the decade, meme of the decade, oh god, revenge yeah. porn of the decade. Oh, fantastic. And in, in between the pipes, Dan, I've got Scott Foster. Nice. He, oh, that's such a good team. Thank that's you very such much. such a good team. Thank you very much. That's my, my team of the decade right there. Oh, I love that so much. I just went for, I just went for players I've enjoyed watching play yeah, more than anything good. else. That's, that was... that's good. That's a much more appropriate use of this exercise. No, oh, that's a great team. I love that. I love that. All right, so I've gone for um, I've gone for Ovi. Yeah. I love Ovi. He's brilliant. I love everything about him just his character he needs to be on the team if nothing else for if this team was together and he won a second cup god knows what would happened i think he'd try and shoot himself into space or something while being drunk i don't know 
thought she was going to shoot herself um, in the face, but I was like, oh, I'll still kind of no, go. Shoot herself into, sp- yeah, I could see into space. Why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, I know in Ovi, he'd probably do it and then still like, come back the next it. season better. I'll shoot myself like in the face. Like, he's got one okay. eye. Uh, Centre, I mean, who else am I going to pick? I'm picking God. I'm picking Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> oh, I thought this like, was going to be another Crosby joke. <laughs> no, no. The best, he's, the, the, he's the best two-way player ever. That's it. He's phenomenal. A, a phenom. Oh, Playing he, three cups. Like Bergeron's got to be the center on their second all-star team, isn't he? Oh, you would hope so. But he's played in three cups, whereas Taves has won three cups. So oh, who, Who's the better player then? Brent Seabrook. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lining up at centre for your NHL all-decade team, Brent Seabrook. Uh, right wing because I can play him anywhere I want because it's my team, so shut up, is Sidney Crosby. <laughs> how, how could I, I... Do you know what? I swear I was so tempted to just pick five forwards. I, honestly. I, Mate, I almost like, went for like a power play formation. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I should have gone with like a Vegas um, extra man formation and just put six forwards in. <laughs> six forwards, like, who cares? You can, there's who cares? My team. about not starting a game like that. Yeah, exactly. Do whatever I want. I'm not, I've not got a goalie. And then I've got Zidane Chara. Indeed. Yeah. Like, again, fucking unbelievable. 42 years old, still doing a good job, still good. You can't mess around with Not Big great, Z. but still great. Big Z, a terrifying man by all accounts. And then, yeah, because I didn't have in my other team, Eric Carlson, just fucking unbelievable at points. Jesus fucking Christ. Just ridiculous, ridiculous. And then, uh, the, do you know what? I really, I really wanted to pick two Karask as my goalie. I know you did. Of course you did. As far as he's, he's like Daniel dude, Pye in there. <laughs> Tuka Rask is elite. He's elite. We're not going to get onto this, but he's elite. But I, but the goalie I enjoyed watching the most was Jonathan Quick for the Kings two playoff runs. Yeah, because yeah, he was just he was just crazy, and he shouldn't have been as good as he was. But he and I just I just kept thinking like, how is he doing these? Like his body was contorting in weird ways, and he was making saves he shouldn't have made. And so I, I enjoyed watching him the most as a goalie. In, in, on this in this decade, at his high points, Quick gets a lot of stick for like how he's rated and like you know people overrating him and stuff like that. But but when he's performing a Jonathan Quick save, it's it's a wonder to behold. Early two thousand tens, those cut runs, he was ridiculous. Yeah, he really was ridiculous. Goalie. Yeah, really good goalie. There we go. Alrighty, last thing. Let's get out of here. Man versus eight year old. Let's do it. How how far behind now am I? Hey, Will, you schmuck. You're going to get roasted by an eight-year-old, you fool. Pulled back another point, dude. You pulled back another God, point. Love it. Love Only it. nine down. The paddles the paddles have been put away. And the ambulance has turned its lights off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm starting to breathe. There's a murmur in my chest. Starting to, starting to breathe. Starting to breathe. All right, let's do these games. Uh, Sends Devils. Oh, Jesus. Sends. I know. That's a, that's a rotter. Sorry. That's horrible. Preds Leafs. Uh, oh, Leafs. Sharks, Ducks. I've still got to go. Sharks. Uh, Canadians, Capitals. Capitals. And Flames, Blues. Ooh. Flames. Give me the Flames. Flames. All right. There we go. Tish, listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Um, No. I'm just looking forward to all the plaudits next week when I've correctly predicted the uh, the decade of the... The team of the decade. Decade of the team. Decade of the team. Okay, now. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.